In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Brendan Kilcoyne, going to you from Athenry with the Brendan Option, by which you have now learned to hate, courtesy of Immaculata Productions. Good people who should not be blamed for this. Immaculata Productions need your support. You got your subscribe button, and you got your Patreon. And as one enterprising parishioner pointed out to me lately, you can send us something if you want, and we just have, for your convenience and for ours, come to a deal with the people at PayPal. So now we're on PayPal. So there are any number of ways in which we can relieve you of your hard-earned shillings. And I am going to deliver in this video. Because if you thought that I was going to bore you, you are so wrong. I am going to take you, ladies and gentlemen, all the way to hell. And hell is not boring. Come on, you know this. It's like when I was in education and pe pe people would, you know, they would say to young people, don't smoke. It's not glamorous to smoke. You only think it's glamorous, but it's not. But they always knew you were lying. Smoking kills you. Of course it's glamorous. Like napalm. Anything which belongs to the edge and is terrifying and can destroy you is glamorous. Glamour partakes of the edge. Don't tell me life isn't a drama. Don't tell me life isn't amazing. Because it is. And one of the reasons life is so amazing is that we know it ends. It has the glamour of being on the edge. And for a Catholic, there are a number of major considerations that I need to bring to your attention as you teeter on this edge. The last things, what the Greeks used to call the eschaton, the last thing. Hmm? We have a few of them. Death, judgment, heaven, hell. I'm going to start with hell. I'm Irish. We're very depressed people. I think I'd start with hell. Uh, it used to be said about a colleague of mine that uh, he, he, he would mention heaven sometimes, but you knew his heart wasn't in it. It was hell he loved. I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. Hell is there because God loves you, not because he doesn't. If he loves us, there must be hell. Because if there is no hell, we are not free. And if we are not free, we are in the hands of a thug and a tyrant and a puppet master and a cynic who's laughing at us and our struggles and everything that we hold dear. There must be a choice. Hell is the mark of our freedom. Hell is our choice. Hell is our option to get away from God, should we so choose. And the very concept of mortal sin in Catholic theology involves freedom of choice. So don't talk to me about, about the modern world having ushered in freedom because we were telling the world about freedom when nobody 
was talking about it in the same way. You have it all to play for. All to play for. You have everything to win and everything to lose. You stepped into this casino, Monsieur, Madame. The game begins. If there is no hell, he doesn't love you. If there is no hell, he doesn't respect you. I don't want a God who doesn't give me the option to give him any number of fingers I choose to combine and walk away. If that's all he thinks of us, then to paraphrase Flannery O'Connor speaking in a different context, then to hell with him. She said it about the Eucharist as a symbol. If that's all it is, then to hell with him. My God loves me. He has given me a choice. It has been well said. I think it was C.S. Lewis. But the door to hell is bolted on the inside. I think actually what he said is that one cry for mercy would empty all of hell. It is full of those who wallow in the bitterness. The burning lake of hell is the burning lake of their own self-righteousness, bitterness, their contempt, their hatred, their loathing for others. I think it was Hitler's secretary, Traudel Junge, who, who said, she only, she's not, that woman is only dead about a decade, I think. One of his secretaries. She took down his final will and testament and she couldn't wait to take it down. Now she said, we'll hear what the point of it all was. And he had nothing new to say. The same hatreds, the same resentments, not a word of explanation further, not a word of apology, not a word of anything the same, the same, the same, the same. And yet I am not allowed by my church even to say that this terrible man is in hell. No, because judgment alone belongs to God. But this I know, that the idea that we are all saved simply by existing is contrary to the church's immemorial teaching, is contrary to the scriptures themselves and is contrary to the love of God. You consider what one of the greatest acts of love a parent, uh, a parent does, is. What, how terrible it is. It is to push the young out of the home when they must and are ready to go, if they have to be pushed. They must learn to hunt and to fly and to do whatever it is that belongs to them to do. Human young must learn to function in human world societies and in the world. They must have freedom. They must be let go, even if it breaks the parent's heart even if that freedom is used to go against everything the parents have taught them. They must be allowed to save or damn themselves. Now, we, we don't save or damn ourselves, okay, in the sense that there is judgment. We'll talk about that again, 
Okay, there is judgment and all the rest. We'll go into that again. But what I want to focus on here is the principle, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you that this business of regarding the doctrine of hell as some sort of an oppression, some sort of a thing that is just there to terrify uh, simple people. Let me tell you something far more terrifying than the existence of hell is the inexistence of hell and our dealing with this absolute monster who puts us through this whole rigmarole with all of its with all of its half-baked understandings and its terrors and its fears and its broken hearts for nothing and for no reason because we were never given a choice in the first place because we were nothing more than Pinocchios. We were nothing more than little badly made puppets on us on the strings held by this by this fiend. No, no, no. This God, this Abba Father, this God who loves is also a God who lets go. But those who are far from God will die. Those who are far from God lose immortality. They lose Eden. We have all the marks on us of election, all the marks on us of being special and different, all the marks on us of being the chosen of God, which every human being is after Jesus Christ. And we have all the marks on us of one who can spit in his face and walk away. And if we cannot do that, then at the risk of blasphemy, be damned to him. Because he is a tyrant and no loving father. Loving fathers build and run homes for people to grow and become strong and from which they can go out. They do not build prisons from which there is no escape. Even if those prisons have the bars made of gold and the chains made of the most beautiful filigree. No. You are free. You are free. And if you have passed in the wisdom of the church in its immemorial custom and legal dispensation and doctrinal belief, if you have passed the age of seven and are meant compus mentis and all the rest and capable of a human act where you have sufficient knowledge and, and, you know, freedom and you know the, you know the drill. You know the drill. You know what you're doing. You're free. You feel the wind. You feel the thinness of the air. That, my friend, is the price of aristocracy. That is the price of the glory of the human condition. It is its terrible beauty. We can choose. I'm going to spin the wheel, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm? I'm here in my evening dress and I am going to spin the wheel for you. Are we playing cards or what? May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>